up, kid. All I gotta say is what we can say is cheating. That's never gonna get old, man. <laughs> That's one of my proudest babies. Oh man, they gotta come out of the tunnel to that. I'm telling you. Well, let's do it. You you got the clout. You can talk talk to Garth, man. I send it on over, cause man, I am hyped right now. We're recording this after a long day of American football watching, and and yet I just got amped up to talk about some Sounders. You know, so uh, well, let's let's just let's broach that subject for like a moment because you can't record on Super Bowl without talking about Super Bowl. Right. Um, I'm born and raised Seattle. Uh, most of my life has been against Rams, even though I did grow up playing football when we were in the AFC. So I dislike them. Off rec- off the microphone, we did agree that it would be worse if those the 49ers, but. I'm a little itchy. I'm a little itchy that they won. So how was your Super Bowl Sunday? I mean, I grew up with many, many years in the uh, days of the AFC. So I hate the Broncos far more than I will ever hate any NFC team. So, uh, you know, I don't love the Rams, but I really like their quarterback. You know, I think Stafford was stuck in Detroit with a lot of crappy teams when he was amazing. And Seeing Cooper Cup from Yakima, you know, my um, one of my old roommates grew up with him and was close friends with him. So, you know, it's oh, really? it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty cool to, to to see someone who went to Eastern become Super Bowl MVP, right? Like, that's exciting. So, I, and Aaron Donald is just so likable. In fact, yeah. Although he terrorizes the Seahawks twice a year, he's just so likable that I was mildly rooting for the Bengals, but at the same time, like... You had individuals on the Rams, but as a whole, go Kitties. Yeah, yeah. So I wasn't mad. I was a little mad that the refs kind of screwed up a little bit at the a couple times at the end. But I'm sure Rams fans were mad when uh, Cincinnati got that touchdown that the guy pulled the face mask. So uh, I thought the fourth and one should have been fourth and inches. It was a horrible spot at the end of the game there. But you know, it happens. They still would have had to get it on fourth down, and they didn't. And most importantly, football's over. So now we can focus on the Seattle Sounders and Major League Soccer. True, but All before right? we do that, the halftime show. Oh, yeah. That how'd halftime think, show. How did you think about that? You, you did I post on Twitter it. earlier that what uh, Prince was your favorite of all time. Yeah, Prince was my favorite. Just, you know, in the pouring rain, came out and just, I feel like even if you're not a huge Prince fan, that performance was just phenomenal and amazing. And he had... Uh, the marching band come out in the mm-hmm. pouring rain, playing Purple Rain. Like, that was just so cool. And there's been a few since then that have been decent. But this one, you know, maybe it's because I'm of a certain age. But uh, every single song there was like I knew and was jumping around watching it. So the thing about, and and, and I'll start with, I 100% agree with you on my favorite halftime show is Prince. Um, I've seen every Super Bowl in my 33 years, uh, well, that sounds stupid. 
I've seen every what's, Super what's the Bowl in the last remember? like twenty years in my thirty three years, right? So okay. like I I was fairly I actually even say like I remember that Rams Titans Super Bowl. Mm, interesting, right? So I don't really remember the halftime show per se, but so the last twenty years they're pretty vivid. And so it might I have been U two. One of those years was U two right around. U two was after September eleventh. I remember that. Okay, big, so that was American flag. All the names I remember. So that, that was like the completely. next year then. Yeah, that was like exactly. Year but after. so I would say yeah. the 22, 23 years of Super Bowl halftime shows I can say I can vote on per se, including Prince. But maybe there were some. Gr- that were better before that. I doubt it with just technology. Was, uh, and in and, fact, prior to then, uh, Super Bowl halftime show was terrible. It was, in fact, there was celebrity death match on MTV that everyone used to tune away and go watch that right. and then go back. And then there were some other ones. I can't remember where other, there was alternative halftime show that people would watch because the NFL halftime show was so bad. Uh, and it was that way for years. And it, it, and, and I can't remember what year it was. I feel like 1998, maybe they put on an actual artist and then they didn't again in 99 and then 2000 on, they started putting real artists. I started realizing that keeps people yeah. on the same we, channel. We have, we have, yeah. We, we got to keep people, <laughs> on. we need that, that ad revenue or whatever. So, for sure. so yeah, there was, you didn't miss anything. My first Super Bowl, I remember I started watching when I was six years old. So it was 85 uh, bears versus uh, Patriots. You got the Super Bowl shuffle then. Yeah, that's no, good. Uh, that's good. Uh, that. If that you wanted to have football, I, music. I don't remember any other games that year. I think I remember like the a Seahawks game versus the Packers, but that might have been the next year. I don't really, but definitely from then on, probably starting in '87, I watched every single Seahawks game. I've only missed maybe three watching in in that time, maybe four or listening. So we're, on on e- we're on equal. We're on equal. Uh, playing field here in terms of our memory of Seahawks or not Seahawks, but uh, Super Bowl right. times, right? Okay, right. great. So That's I agree great. with you. It's Prince I, that is burned on even yeah. after this. I have a lot of my other fr- my friends though saying that this might have been the best. I think and this one was my favorite, but but I really? think there's a nostalgia element to it. I think I think also because you brought in so many artists. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't just Prince playing a couple covers and three of his hits. It was like hit after hit after hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, of and the LA know. relationship, for yeah. Sure. You know, I was although I was surprised 50 Cent came out because it is in New York, but Eminem doing um Lose Yourself, you know, Dre and Snoop doing their hits, Kendrick Lamar came out and killed it with All Right, which that was probably my favorite part of it just because I love Kendrick Lamar and those last, I mean, the last three, re- every record he's done, but especially the, the second, third, and fourth one are so good. Uh, and the one that had all the, uh, the, the Tempempa butterfly that had all the production from Kamasi Washington on it. It's just amazing. So I could go on forever about it, but, uh, let's just say I was, I was very happy with the halftime show today. Nine point, 9.7 out of 10. What's your grade? Yeah. You know, um, I think they did. It, it was cool the way they set it up, but I think because they had so many people, the visuals were a little different. So I'm going to give it like a 9.5. Yeah, but but I think the the Prince was better visually, but I think this was better musically. And in my opinion, I no no downgrading from what I saw. I'm just a, I, my preferred opinion. If I'm going to watch a show, I don't want to be oversensitized. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like okay, your best song, your best song, your best song, your best song. I do like having one to maybe two artists. Like a second artist is a color, right? If you if you will. 
that as long kinda... as they're good together, like like J Lo, Shakira, not not like Beyonce, like a force amplifier. Like why was Coldplay there with Beyonce? Beyonce's performance yeah. was amazing. When Coldplay had to come and ruin it, like get out of there, man. Yeah, fair enough. Do your do your own thing. Not compatible. So everything compatible today. Yeah. I did really enjoy it. I I just thought in terms of like a wow moment, there was just there's a memory behind Princess, and that, it just sticks with me. And that's gonna be it's gonna be hard to overcome for at least for me, especially half my family is from Minneapolis, so I'm, I got yeah. a big yeah. Prince background. And until Pearl Jam <laughs> plays a halftime show, uh, it's probably going to be my number one. However, I, I did think they did a great job. And just the, obviously the setting was fantastic. And I, lo- I love Snoop. I think I, I just I, he, I think he's just a cool dude. And yeah, I love so seeing amazing. Dre looking fit and healthy, especially everything yeah. he's been going through in the last couple of years. Right. So seeing him up there, although I think it was kind of silly on um, that the fake board and him messing around with audio. Like, okay, sure, dude. Yeah. They put a 30, 40, $50,000 piece of equipment all dressed in white, but I will say that was the cool thing about Prince, which is something they would not do now is he had three different live guitars, I think in that performance. And they oftentimes don't let you do live guitars anymore. Like you're really singing. uh, If you're the main person, you don't, your backup band might have it, but you're not going to necessarily because the time is so fast to get Mm -hmm. people out of there. There's not time for guitar changes anymore. This Mm -hmm. time though, I think they went, this is LA's Super Bowl. We're going to, I mean that halftime show that we're going to let it go. However long it needs to go. Especially with that ensemble. Yeah. But either way, yeah, I give it a nine plus. Absolutely a great show. Uh, fun game. That's that's yeah. great. I I, 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 did, I was entertained for sure. Yeah. Can't complain about that. I mean, as a as a moderate neutral, I didn't you know like I said, mildly rooting for Cincinnati, but didn't really care. I thought it was enjoyable. I thought the refs kind of ruined it for me a little bit, but I guess they're never going to be perfect. They were bad both ways at times at key moments. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you had you had the face mask earlier, so if you're going to complain later, you had something earlier. So all's fair in love and war. But we should uh, get to some sounder stuff, man. That's hey, that's what yeah. we're all about, right? Uh, so we have uh, Motagua coming up. We'll have James helping us out with that pronunciation in case I screwed it up later. But in terms of just general, just preseason vibe, how are you feeling right now? We had very little to see visually in terms of the preseason, but we have results, general, just conversation that the that the community's having. What you being El Presidente, what have uh, you vibe from our preseason? How, how are you feeling coming into this? You game? know, it, the preseason is always really hard, right? Because one, it's not very well televised. Like I've seen individual goals scored in some of these games. There's been reporters down, you know, um, uh, Aaron Levine from uh, formerly Q13 Fox. I won't call it what it is now. Uh, Q13 oh. in my heart always. Didn't know that it turned into a, a Voldemort. It's Fox 13 now. No more Q. No more KCBQ. They go by they go by Fox thirteen. Okay. They got rebranded, but uh, you know it, it was cool. Uh, you know, seeing them down there and reporting on it. And uh, my problem with preseason it always feels like we go from none of the players being there to suddenly they're all there, and then suddenly the season starts. And it, mm-hmm. it's so fast. It doesn't. It's not like baseball where we have a big long time. It's not like football where you have you know four or now three weeks of games. Um, it just seems like you play a couple random scrimmages and then suddenly the season starts, and you, especially if you're in champions league, you know, like we have real soccer this week. 
Yeah. And so five, few days. Five, Thursday? It's Thursday. Sunday night right now? Yeah, yeah. Sunday night right now. Thursday. Yeah. Not not long away. Legit, real. We're going to Tickle Seagull. Tickle Seagull. So, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's this is this is a obviously a big week for the Sounders based on announcements that have been made from the Sounders. We know that there's a mysterious press conference on Wednesday mm-hmm. and on Tuesday. Wednesday being the sixteenth, sixteenth, and on the fifteenth, we're assuming the jersey comes out because they posted a picture of the jersey with uh, the date on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, if uh, you. We're really digging into it, or at least following the the trail of others that were digging into it. Uh, there was a little Rickroll that they put mm-hmm. uh, the digital team put under that date. If you enhance, so to speak, the image to a certain spec, you start yeah. seeing these little pixels appear underneath the date, right or right around the nips of the jersey, and it's basically soundersfc.com slash jersey leak. Right, you go there. Yeah. A YouTube video of none other than Rick Astley. So that that was uh, pretty pretty savvy of the digital team. I do like that they did that because, of course, people are going to do everything they possibly can to any digital photo you share on the internet, no matter who you are. So that was pretty funny. Yeah, it was great, especially because usually it leaks by now. Because in order to get it out into the markets on time. Stores have it, and the stores screw up and put up pictures early. I think last year MLS might have leaked it or something um, by putting it up. Never and, thought about that. Uh, and so, yeah, so there inevitably there can be leaks. Um, you know, I will neither neither confirm nor deny any of the leaks. I've seen the jersey, and I'm super excited about it. That's one of the benefits of being an alliance council is you know we started this process of making this jersey two years ago with the club. We don't get major input, but we get to give we get to talk about what our mood board would be and go into it. And, you know, the it, it's a first kit. So it's, it's always going to be, you know, sound sounders first kit. It's always going to be married for a reason. Yep. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see what people think of it when it comes out. I like it a lot. You, you heard it here first, be excited. And that's yeah. all you're going to gain from us because <laughs> that's what you should do. If you sign an NDA, <laughs> it's not talk about. Yeah, I can't, I can't tell you, but I, I can say that I like it. There we go. If you if you like Cameron, you'll probably like the kit. There you have it. Yeah. Um, but so we so there's a couple events that we can't really talk about that are coming up. But our next episode will go, I'm sure, much deeper under the iceberg. Right? Oh, yeah. We'll go under the surface. Well, we can go the through the whole week. The surface. Yeah, we can review the whole week. Yeah, it'll be because, super fun. By the way, everybody, I don't know sh- either. <laughs> So I'm looking I at Cameron's face right man. now. I, like, I, I can't do it. Can't do it. <laughs> Tell I'm me. I'm not going to get in trouble. <laughs> Tell me so I look smart on Twitter. Um, but we have a real game coming up in just four days. So from what you've gathered via either sounders.com or social media, or any other avenues of just preseason, right? I, I saw some Rui Diaz videos, thanks to Sounders yep. FC. I, I don't even know where to start, to be honest. Should we start with what formations do you think we'll be busting out in Tegos Yalpa? Do you, do you think you know, we yeah. have... Like, what? I, I think we're it, all in the same tough. boat here. Yeah, I mean, I think Jackson last week talked about the potential of a 4-3-3. Um, you know, I think we definitely could see us going back to a 4 2 
I don't four two three one. I don't know. Whatever that math is. I don't know. Uh yeah. Four two three one or four two two one one, however you want to put it. Are you talking about against um Motagua, or are you talking about yeah. just, just our standard oh, baseline formation? I, so. I mean, we should have everyone for this match, right? So I think we're we're going to be starting dress all, rehearsal. Yeah, I think we would be starting every single person that would regularly start. Um, it seems like much, much like um, was that two years ago, right? Be, or three years ago, right before the pandemic? Was that when that last time we were in this tournament? When 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 Jordan Torres. No, after that, yeah. when we lost, we lost in the first round where we went all in. We brought in Jao Paulo. We were mm-hmm. going all in, and then and then we lost in the first round. You know, it's it's um, it's yeah, always it rough. It would have been we're all in again. I guess it would have been leading up to that. I don't. I don't really. I yeah, don't, dude, my right, right timeline is all screwed up. If you go back a year, right? No, because we weren't there. It wasn't last year, and we weren't. We didn't play two years ago in person, right? So well, I just don't, I don't know if we weren't yeah. playing or if no one was playing. Is my problem? Yeah. That was such a weird. Twenty nineteen. It was twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. We started out and we lost in the first round because that would have been in like February, right before the season started. Remember, okay. everything closed down mid March. So we got a few. We got a few Sounders game in, and we we also got a few uh, Seattle Dragons games in too. Let's not forget about that. I'm a season ticket holder of the one and only Seattle Dragons. So you're XFL still holding franchise. the ticket from the game yeah, you went so to? Is that what I'm you mean? I'm going back. I think we had, I think is we had that three. what season it's, ticket holder means now? Yeah, two or three. <laughs> still uh, the ticket. Yeah. So here's the thing: is we we've seemed to have gone in all the way again, right? Garth is usually yeah. a. He seems to usually. Well, what do you mean by that? Let's pause. What do you mean by yeah, we've gone? I'm going to tell you right now. Oh, okay. Garth usually buys players in the summer. Garth is all about using that summer window to bring in good players because you're going to get a better value. And the reason is because most of the world is off at that time. And so players either have had their contracts run out or teams are trying to move them because they're going into the last year of their contract. So you're always going to get a better deal when you do the summer window. So the fact that he brought in Russ Snack. Russ, Russ Snack? Well, hmm. let's find out. Who do we know that knows how to say names? Yeah, I think we can figure that out. Here, hold on. Let's do this. Hey, let's guess what? This. Names and James. Ahoy, Sounders fans. James Willard here, the voice of your Seattle Sounders football club at Lumenfield. So that you can all be better prepared for my goal-scoring announcements this season, the pronunciation of our new designated player's name is Rusnak. Albert Rusnak. I'm sure we'll be echoing his name many times as his Sounders career unfolds. Go Sounders. Thank you, James. I love the him. Only, the legend. James I love Ballard. him. Yeah, he's he's down in uh what uh in, in Palm Springs right now, soaking up the sun. Lucky him. He he gets to just speak goals. <laughs> that's all he does can he, he gets well he does other things like in real life but in his sounder's yeah. life he gets to just basically say names and speak goals and he's also Rusnack. just a genuine awesome human being i love that totally he's a friend Absolutely. of the podcast friend of the podcast james willard yeah. Rusnack. so to bring in a dp like Rusnack is a coup to bring in the best player on an opposing team to add to the lineup in we your already had. That's yeah, what you mean, I conference. presume, yeah. Yeah. To to add it to what we already... I mean, because we signed pretty much everyone back. The players we mm-hmm. lost probably would... I mean, would not be starting on our team. And we added another starter. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, so. Uh, and we didn't have a arguable league MVP play more than 90 minutes. I mean, I, I, I don't remember the exact amount, but he played a half and then a portion of a half or he started and then played a portion of a half. And I think in reverse order, I don't think Nick and I'm talking about Nico Ladero. He played so we, in the, in the preseason or do you mean it, all of last year? Last year. Oh yeah. Regular I mean, season, all of last year. I don't think he had 90 minutes. And they seem to be saying he's going to come back and be okay. You know, I'm skeptical just because well, of his age. Yeah, and he put, his, but he played 43 minutes. I saw that in the, yeah, in the last preseason. In match. the most recent preseason. And I made match. a joke that that's good news that he's already played more minutes in preseason than he has in all of the regular season last year. So pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> I, and I, I was joking, but I was like, I'm throwing this out there, but I might actually be completely legitimately correct. Which no, I, I think he probably. Be. I think he probably played like a hundred and, and and thirty minutes, hundred and forty minutes last year, but still not a lot. You didn't have to say that. So but he's but right. You're but bringing a- back. You're bringing back Nico, who even if he's not one hundred percent healthy, even ninety percent healthy, or if he's just in there every other game or two out of every three games, that's MVP level quality player you're bringing in to add to what you already had. Plus Rusnak, mm-hmm. you're bringing him in as and well. Jordan. And Jordan, that's right. So think about that. We didn't that's have Jordan ins- or Nico or obviously Rusnak yeah. for the best part of our season. We actually were worse in the last third than we were in the two thirds. We were barnstorming the league, record breaking. If we continued on the path that we were doing in the first, definitely the first third of last year. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think all the injuries eventually came back to bite us. You know, even when people were coming back, uh, I think it just the, one of those things where the ball was bouncing our way so much. So it was really mm-hmm. so it's interesting. So we have, I think, across the board, maybe the most talented team in the league. There's obviously teams that have higher level players than us. Chicago just brought in Shakiri. He's going to be talent wise better than every single player in the Sounders. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the in, insigne, insigne, whatever. I don't speak mm-hmm. Italian. He just signed for mm-hmm. Toronto. He's going to be better than every single player talent wise. And Toronto's season. got a track record of just talismans that they bring on. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. But, but one player doesn't always, I mean, exactly. David Beckham wasn't winning championships until he, for LA until he had a team around him. Mm-hmm. Really until Robbie Keane to give him and Landon. Right. That guy. <laughs> They needed more players around them. Mm-hmm. And the Sounders are solid from front to back. You know, what? what's our weak link? Alex Roldan? Or as Schmetzer would like to say, from back to front. Back to front. Yeah, it's all I about mean, defense. Everyone plays defense. Yeah. And and so we are, and our, we have solid backups. Mm-hmm. We have almost the entire squad from back last year, we talked about last episode, is back with the exception of one of my favorite players. And then, uh, of course, we traded Brad Smith. And, uh, you know, we, I think we could still see Jordy DeLim come back if he, if he can get healthy. Because he's not signed with anyone right now, right? Yeah, I, haven't, I don't think so. Unless he signed something in the last week that we haven't seen. I haven't, I haven't heard anything about it. So that would be pretty cool to see him come back, too. Well, he seems like someone that would want to be with the team anyway. And a healthy DeLim coming off or coming on in like 65, 70, 80, anything past that, you know, just to kind of hold steady. Uh, right, he's shown him back he, in, he's steady. Yeah. Under defensive mid to play an extra, to uh, 
you know, be an extra body back there in the back. Be huge. Him and Roe too, as well. You know, and yeah, and any yeah, yeah. So let's and Roe's versatile, but I think they're mainly thinking that he's going to be a a uh, right back behind uh, Alex Roe Kellen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Kind of like a Brad Evans Swiss Army knife because he's got those yep. skills. He's never actually been at that position in his career. Um, right. But he's definitely has the wherewithal and the understanding. You know, it's also cool uh, when we were saying we were talking about kind of our defense being good everywhere um, that you would say leading up to prior to, say, the AFCON tournament that Gamar was our best defender. Would you I mean, that just solid, steady. It's going to say steady Eddie again, but you know, just like new who's been always new who for us, but has never been on a stage to show what he just showed. Right. Yeah. And we talked about him last episode. We don't have to go into it that much, but that he's still a sounder, even though <laughs> there was some comments he made. And I know it's just like, he played that freaking good and the whole world's watching. So he, that's a realistic comment you made that he might not be on the sounders this year and he still might not, but it looks like he'll play on Thursday. Right. He is probably our best defender. Yeah, I, I mean, there's still, I mean, I have a New Who jersey. I love New Who, but I'm still, there's still a little part of me that worries that the old New Who is going to come out. The one that makes, whose head isn't screwed on all the way straight, right? Uh, also, he's moving back to a position he hasn't played for a full season, except for at AFCON. He did play as a, mm-hmm. as a, out on the, on the wing, as a wing back or, or, uh, as just a back, as opposed to in the center. You know, last year he was a, a center back for the whole season. Do you not think he'll play left center back? No. I mean, I think we're going to put four at the back. So I think we'll have two oh, center okay. backs. I, we haven't really back. actually broken that down. When we were talking to Jackson last week, we YouTube mentioned it a little bit. And I know Yeah, off, I, think, off I think we're going to click go back to four at the it. back. Yeah. Okay, I think so, we're going to go back. to So, so it'll be... Uh, you like know, it'll be Yamar and Ariaga in the middle. We're going to talk about Motagua separately. So I just want to right. make sure. I think, I think the same for them, though. I think it's. Not, I think okay. the, the way that we're going to play this game is the way we're going to go into the season. Okay. I think it will probably be Yamar and Ariaga at center back. Then you'll have Alex, Roldan, and Nuhu out. And then you'll have Jao Paulo and, and Christian. And then... Uh, That's CDMs. Yep. Yep, and then you would have like um, the front half. You could move around, right? Whether they're wings or left mid and right mid, but you would have Rusnak and uh, Jordan and Nico, and then you're gonna have Raul up top. So, off microphone a few weeks ago, I remember you saying you think we're gonna have a two forward attack. I said I want us to have a two you forward attack because, okay. because we are. I mean, Fair. we dominated the league when we had two forwards, and as soon as we went away from it, we no longer dominated the league. So I don't know why we wouldn't go with what worked before, but uh, my feeling is that we're not going to. Just from everything that we've seen uh, in uh, press conferences and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. uh, knowing Schmetzer's uh, predilections for the type of. Um, lineups he likes to put out there you know i think there are games where that could change based on who's healthy but yeah i think we're gonna go for four four two one two one or four two one three, three. One. <laughs> however we want to put it like yeah jordan Risnack. i think it, it'll be more like a diamond where they can move around mm-hmm. 
Because you'll see Christian come up. You'll see, I mean, I think Rusnak's probably better moving in than being on the wing. And Jordan, same, he can come in and play. So, uh, I mean, I think the key is to keep Raul up. And that's one of the places where we do kind of get hurt is if there's no one in the midfield that can feed the ball up to those two forwards, we kept having to see last year Raul drop mm-hmm. back. Anytime. And when Raul drops back, he's not gonna ha- he's not gonna be able to score. He's great to drop back. He he can play defense, but that's not what we want. His skill set is best up front. Anytime I saw Rui hitting that midfield line, even if we were gaining possession, holding possession, it just felt like the train is either slowing down or not going or not going to get any faster in terms of our offense and generating any attack. Right. It, He's missing like, Nico feeding him the ball. Exactly. Well, we didn't have Nico a lot anyway. So the fact that, and like so the ball went our way a lot in the first third of the year, but also there was a lot saying with a whole new formation, every team was facing that for the first time too. Not right. the typical. And so there is something to be said that maybe they could have had. figured it out. Exactly. Right. And we had the same maybe formation for four years with Schmetzer, right? And then we completely flipped the switch. But anytime I saw Rui Diaz come in the midfield, midfield, I did have that same sentiment that was just, we are stagnant now. He's trying to get involved, which is absolutely fair. He's more than qualified than probably any field player on there to handle the ball in the midfield other than a few, right? Like, like Ladero. Like, well, now Roosnack, if we see this happen now, I'm going to have a problem. But you know what I mean? Let's listen to how to pronounce his name, because I think you've said it several different ways since we listened to James. So let's listen to James real quick and see how he says to pronounce it. Fair enough. Let's see, you said Roosnack. I said Rusnack. Let's see who's right. Hold on. it's Roosnack. Hey, James, how how do we pronounce his name? Ahoy Sounders fans, James Willard here, the voice of your Seattle Sounders football club at Lumen Field. So that you can all be better prepared for my goal-scoring announcements this season, the pronunciation of our new designated player's name is Rusnak, Albert Rusnak. I'm sure we'll be echoing his name many times as his Sounders career unfolds. Go Sounders! Rusnak, Rusnak, Rusnak. Like Russell Wilson, Russ. Russ so we're gonna are we gonna knack for yep soccer for scoring touchdowns. <laughs> Let's uh, so uh, I think by the end of the season, are we gonna let let Russ cook? Is that is <laughs> we want him out there like just going, moving forward, scoring goals? Hopefully, by the end of the season, there isn't one player cooking, and they're all cooking because that's yeah. the way yeah, they're built, nice. right? That, that's the purpose of having all of them because it is soccer. That's what makes us so freaking exciting. I completely agree with your expectation of four, two, three, one, or some diamond variation in there, right? Move them up toward to be more uh, wingers than wide midfielders, which I think uh, Jordan will be less likely to come infield as much as, as Rusnak. But he's still like you said, has the capability to Rusnack. do that. Rusnack. Rusnack. God. Rusnack. Gosh darn, because I don't want to edit my, <laughs> what a save! Um, <laughs> what if I just do that instead of edit it? I just know when to swear. <laughs> what the, what a save, but Okay. Um, but yeah, I completely agree with you on the, the lineup. I think that is going to be our baseline. I think we'll see that when we play on Thursday. I think we'll see that unless there's some other extra reason we'd be switching things up. I think that's our baseline. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it could be that players coming back have not come fully into the fold, whether that's Christian or Jordan, who've been away with the U.S. national team. Mm-hmm. Are they match fit for a full 90 versus, you know, 45 minutes? You know, you might see some of those players subbing in, you know, second half, 30 minutes left, something like that to give a boost to the team if they're not. But I would, uh, you know, you'd assume Jordan is because he's been playing a lot. We haven't, we know, did Christian even get in any of those games? I'm not sure that he did. Dude, I think, uh, I mean, the last game that occurred was the night, was the, was the snow game, right? Yeah. The yeah. night we recorded our last episode and he only came in the last handful of minutes and barely played the, for the call but up. Christian strikes me as someone who's always ready to go full 90 unless for some reason he, he has a knock of some sort. Like I can't. I can't imagine him not being prepared. So, uh, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see. But I would assume we're going with our best lineup. And uh, we're going to go out there and uh, try to beat this team that we should actually talk about. Ahoy, Sanders fans. James Willard here, the voice of your... Seattle Sounders Football Club at Lumen Field. Our first opponent of the 2022 CONCACAF Champions League Tournament is FC Motagua. That's Motagua, or as Griffin pronounces it, (coughs) Go Sounders. I gotta tell you, I'm gonna have a really hard time not rooting for... (coughs) That sounds like a really amazing team to me. No, I'm gonna text James to actually get that into his microphone at lumen somehow seriously shout out (laughs) to both griffin and khaleesi a couple awesome dogs so we're playing motagua what do we even know about this club um recently they're fc motagua um but thanks to the wikipedia and you actually just had a anecdotal kind of remember this they are part of uh, the only really known war that has revolved around soccer called the football. Honduras war. is more than that. It was Honduras. Honduras yeah, football, right? okay. yeah, not not their team specifically. Although they were around, they were founded in 1928. Yeah, but there's more to it, right? But there were in 1969. Uh, basically, it was to see who was going to qualify for the World Cup, and there were in the first. It was a two legs, and I and. Uh, Basically, they had to go to this leg, and it was played uh, on my birthday, but 10 years before I was born. So June 27th, 1969. And right as the game started, uh, one of the countries announced that they were cutting off all diplomatic ties with the other country. So it would have been like if that in that Canadian-USA game that we were talking about recently, mm-hmm. that, like if all of a sudden Canada was like, we are cutting off all diplomatic ties to the United States in the middle of the game. And so... Uh, everything went crazy and there's, you know, there's so much history to it that had to do with land reform and, and people uh, immigrating from one country to the other and who should, who could hold land, who could have jobs, a lot of um, xenophobia about like people coming in and stealing our jobs and stuff like that. So it, it, it was fascinating. And so it wasn't the game didn't start the war, but it was kind of like the catalyst of a long bunch of stuff that happened. So um, and of course it has to do with United States meddling in, in South America and, uh-huh. and, and Central America, like we love to do. Uh, and, um, 
you know, both teams are obviously Central America, but uh, and United Fruit and all this kind of stuff, all this bad stuff that went on that weren't is beyond the scope of this podcast. But eventually, El Salvador actually won and made the World Cup. So, um, Honduras has a long soccer history that involves potentially a war, and <laughs> right. who, we, who we get to play, and that's uh, you know, their stadium holds thirty five thousand people. Yeah, it does. There, Estadio uh, Tubercio, Carillas, and Dino. Yeah. 17-time Honduran League champions. Last time was 2018-2019. Fairly so recent. Uh, fairly recent. And they are uh, in third place? Fourth right place? Now, third, fourth place? I think, I think they might be fourth now. Uh, and But they've only played like five games. Yeah, so, and, who, and how many? We're not very far into in the that? season. I'm always confused between the Clasura and the other Sura. Yeah, right. So maybe the army. <laughs> so, now that I think about it. I don't. I was going to say it's cool because we were playing like when we play Mexican teams, they're always mid-season. But maybe this is the second half. Mid-second half season. <laughs> yeah, I don't. It's but you know they have a couple good players on their team. Three of them, I guess, that were uh, involved with World Cup qualifying. That maybe you should check out. You want to talk about those guys? Yeah, I got them right here. Actually, thank you, SoundersFC.com. Quite literally, uh, an easy place to look for this. But it's good information to know, right? And we're only going to see him twice. Roberto Marrera, the 34-year-old Paraguayan forward, has enjoyed a ton of success since joining Motagua from the Argentine. First division in 2018. He has 54 goals and 131 appearances. Juan Delgado, the 29-year-old midfielder, in his second year with Motagua, after spending his first seven seasons as a professional with fellow Liga Nacional side Honduras Progreso, the Honduran international has four caps for Los Catrachos, including a start in a 3-0 loss to the United States in the 2022 FIFA World Cup qualifying on February 2nd. Let me let me try this last one. Let me try Okay, I, I, feel, I, I was on a roll there. I felt pretty great. No, you, can steal no, you were doing great, which is why I want to try it. Daniel, <clears throat> Daniel Maldonado, the 23-year-old center back, rejoined Montagua on February 8th after going out on loan to Mexico's Pachuca and Chile's Everton. The young defender has a bright international future with 13 caps already, including seven during the most recent World Cup qualifying window. Like Delgado, he started for Honduras against the United States on February second. They should hire a tag team. I think we both we could we could be these voiceovers. I think, I, I, yeah, you know, and I'd like to go head head with you. I think I'm a more of a movie phone voice. Hello, yeah, you welcome to movie phone for a short time. Hello, press one. Welcome to movie phone. Yeah, but yeah, no one yeah, knows what movie phone any, and that joke does not land anymore. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, there was a time where we used to have to figure out movie times by dialing it on the telephone. There was no space phones in our pockets. There was no websites you could go to. So, side note, uh, well, not side note. Side note, based on what we were talking about until now, but that just reminded me: like, I have not been watching the Olympics for the last basically two years. Based COVID, whatever. Blah. Lots of my life is uh, visually just what I want to watch has just changed. Right. But also um, I remember, even though it's much easier to just pick and choose whatever event you want to watch now, I would actually grab the newspaper early two thousands. Right. And highlight, cause I have the TV guide page. Right. And highlight the events I wanted to watch. 
and then get downstairs at my grandpa's house because I was always there on the weekends. And I had basically 24 hours a day where I could watch TV as much as I wanted and plan out my Olympic weekend. Like I, I cared that much. And I think because it took effort to actually try to watch what I wanted to watch, I actually watch more Olympics. Now it's like, well, I'll just Twitter, whatever. And yeah, I, let me tell you, it's been fun. I've watched some of it, mainly the the half pipe, snowboarding half pipe. Sean White. So fun. I watched, uh, you know, and it's the thing is I'm not, they just happen to be on TV and I have stuff on in the background because I work from home and I'm here all the time because I'm still COVID hesitant. Like I go out, but I limit the time I'm out of time I'm out. So uh, I'm excited. I'm getting my fourth booster as an immunocompromised person. I can get another shot, my fourth shot. And then we can go have a beer. Yeah, yeah. So he said his mine's expired as of this week. So I have a new one. You said it on air. You have to know. <laughs> yep. I have friends. It's, it's, I promise. It's locked in stone now. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's been fun. It, uh, the yeah, if you did not see the the gold medal run for the um, snowboarding half pipe men snowboarding half pipe, go watch it. It was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Fair enough. I, and and honestly, I do I do miss I love all sports. I could literally just sit and watch pretty much anything if you give me some context. But like it just, I just haven't tuned in for two years. So you just bringing up the memory of me highlighting a newspaper, and I don't think I can ever explain that to my now two year old daughter. Obviously, but when she's fourteen, be like, hi, I used to highlight a news. Now I know what old people sound like. That's weird. No, yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you about how we used to have to go ball, get baseball weekly to get all of the stats down so we could keep track of our own stats for fantasy baseball to make sure that the commissioner was properly giving us our stats. Ew. There was no Yahoo or anything like that that we could go to that calculated it for you. You had to subscribe to a newspaper that gave you the stats each week. Ish. That's so too much work for absolutely <laughs> No gain other than self-entertainment. That is, I never even thought about other sports fantasy prior to the, like I knew about football. Obviously people did their fantasy football leagues, but I never really thought about the other sports like baseball that are much more a higher volume of statistics to manage. (laughs) So that I guess kudos. Didn't hope he wasn't yeah, championships. We traded, uh, we traded Roberto Hernandez for Randy Johnson at the end of the year, and it didn't work out. Did not work out. It was a bad trade. We should talk about that some more. <laughs> Let's talk about Sounders, though. Uh, all right. What, so what we Mutagua, right? Okay. So, yeah. I mean, I, I love Hockey Cup Champions League. Uh, I don't. Do you, do you have you follow it very much when the Sounders are in it, or is it just kind of like a, a of the thing Sounders? That's no, to be honest, I don't. Um, probably more that I'm a little forcibly uh, involved with just soccer, North American soccer. Wanting to, you know, doing this podcast now. As before, I was even thinking about doing this with you, and just the last couple of years, uh, no, not at even. Why would I care? I have a. Six months old, an eight month old, now a ten month old, and now two year old, right? So it's just too distracted, and that's just my that's yeah. my own life. Doesn't mean I don't care, and I would love to know a little bit more. Right. What do you know? I mean, there's been some some great games that that we've seen in the Champions League before. I mean, there was the match against Tigres with one of the greatest mm-hmm. goals in Sounders history when uh, Jimmy Traore hit a, hit a long goal in from way out. Um, that was, that was also the Rufio goal game, right? 
or, or are those separate? Uh, yeah, I think that might have been the same game. COVID happened, and I don't have memories about everything, but there are other memories that stick out. Now, out to the right in the Edlin, the goal scorer. Pulls it back for Martinez. Four in the box for him. Beats his man comfortably. Loses it under his own feet. Whacked away, but not fully, to Jimmy Traore. He tries a volley! Oh, it's spectacular goal! Absolutely incredible from Jimmy Traore! It is world-class, and then some 30 yards out, left foot rocket, cannoning off the underside of the crossbar. No goalkeeper in the universe will stop it. Seattle lead 2-1, and the dream is very much... Yeah. <laughs> like, um, like... We we just had some great times at home. There was the game where Brad Evans got the penalty at the very end of the game to give the Sounders the win against, I think it was Olympia. And that was away. That was away, I remember. Uh, uh, they the were first not- leg was away. He got the one at home he, to win it. But his, his response after the goal, I remember, was a, a shout to the, the previous leg, like the fans. I remember being kind of touchy. for. I don't remember exactly what it was, but I remember there was some – they weren't happy yeah, it about was- it. Oh, yeah. Is a miscue. In goes Remick, taken down in the box. It's a penalty for the Sounders right at the end of the game. What a moment this is. Incredible drama. It's a penalty. Long run up, right footed. Hits it, scores! Brad Evans gets the goal. He looks at the keeper as if to say, You very much deserve that. The keeper tries to kick the ball at Evans. There's now a mass run. The, the one thing that's hard about CONCACAF, so if this is your first CONCACAF experience, dear listeners, dear uh, you need to be prepared for the refs to seem really, really bad. And they do not call Steve? the fouls they should. And then <laughs> and then they'll call stuff that seems ridiculous. They'll call ticky-tack fouls when other times they won't call like huge fouls. And it's just major inconsistency and... Uh, you know, it's it's not just from international play that we talk about getting CONCACAFed. It also happens in this tournament, and it, it's not as bad as MLS referees are. At least they're consistent. Like, they'll call the same bad things in the same bad ways. This is nothing like you've ever seen, and it's going to drive you crazy. I would say they're more consistent than CONCACAF refs. I wouldn't say they're so consistent. Right. But also, I think everyone lives in a world, whatever league they follow primarily, and that they're not happy with the consistency of the refs. It's always... Uh, sure, but the MLS are embarrassing the way they do it. And a lot of it is because, you know, they the league lets them play certain ways and it ends up allowing hard, dirty play. Well, we don't see that as much in CONCACAF. They call ticky-tack fouls, but then they let players roll around in the field forever. Mm-hmm. And it just, it'll, it's, it's, you're going to yell at your TV. Which is a good way to start the season. Get up, get that, that, that pent up energy just expelled in the first two matches. Then we'll play Nashville. Yeah. So we're going to be able to get in there and hopefully pull out a win. we got to get some goals in a rough environment and um, team that's had a lot of support for a long time. You know, they've been around for what, since 1928. Mm-hmm. So they have a long history and, you know, maybe they'll pack that 35,000 stadium and, and really uh, get it in there. I, I, I don't I think they're going to have any fans there actually. Oh, are they doing no fans? Because I know they weren't allowing away fans. They're not even going to allow home fans. I think I, I don't. I don't think it's so much uh, about the visiting supporters. I think it's more. Um, I, I don't have 
no recollection of what caused this, but it is a penalty for their supporters. They can't have anyone in there. So you should keyboard that for a second if you can, but I'm pretty sure that's still active that they don't have. I think it'll be a empty stadium while we're down there, which could also be pretty weird. Uh, well, I guess pretty weird two years ago. <laughs> There's probably a lot of experience these players have of uh, a quiet, quiet grandstand, if you will. But do you have a score prediction? What? What? Do you have a score prediction? I think that's really hard without ever seeing the team. <laughs> like <laughs> I want. So if I was going to go off paper, right? Um, why can't this team can't not score? Uh, to throw a double negative in there, they will, they should score. The expectation is offense. This expectation is control from the back, which means control of the game, right? If you can control from one to 11, you should be able to control the game. So granted, there's a lot of variables in team that you have never seen, let alone never see. I'm going to throw a two goal Possibly to one. We, I think we, I, I, I it, a clean sheet in your first ever, regardless of where you are, is pretty tough to ask for, unless the other team is also as green as you are for the season, right? Like last year, right? It's pretty easy, pretty easy to play teams that have never played in the MLS before and whoop their ass. Uh, we're playing a team that's playing right now, so for them to be at home, regardless of fans, if that's true or not. Uh, I think they'll probably get a goal in, but it's hard for me not to. I'm pretty good about siphoning away my homerness um, for realistic predictions, but I I think a 2 1 is is pretty realistic. Um, Considering we've pretty much had everyone in camp. I mean, yes, New is coming late, but he's coming late because of playing soccer and doing it. Well, <laughs> um, like you were saying about Christian, I think he can just just get in as long as he's fit. And I think he's physically fit. I don't think he's never physically fit. He's, uh, as my friend Tor, who used to do this podcast with me, he's a fire hydrant. <laughs> he is just solid and always there. And you cannot move him from what he, where he wants to be. So 2-1, that's yeah. my prediction. You know, I, I think it'll be – Raul obviously wasn't there at the beginning of camp, but sure. was eventually. And then JP wasn't he, – he he got his green card now, so that's that's pretty cool. Um, and and so he wasn't there for a little bit while they were figuring that out. So some of those players aren't fully implemented, but you're bringing back a bunch of players from last year and then adding in more talent. So, I, you know, I, I could see 2 nothing. That's that's my hope. Um, I'm going to be a little bit of homer and say 2 nothing. You know, I think that we sh- I mean, we are the stronger team on paper, and it's a game that we should win. I think last year was a huge disappointment when we didn't go through against a Honduran team, sure. and and we've and we've been to Honduras before. We played there in 2020. We played there in I don't know five six years ago. Olympia. Some of those are still here. Yeah, both, both times against Olympia, mm-hmm. right? So, so we've had this matchup and had to play there before. And so I, I think that going there is not going to be that big of a deal for most of the players. Uh, and if they don't have fans there, then even better. So uh, I'm going to say 2-0. Uh, you know, we have, a, we have a strong defense when you've got Nuhu and 
uh, Fry back there as well as uh, Yamar. You can't go wrong. So, uh, you know, and I, I loved uh, O'Neal, but he, he had a few gaffes throughout the season. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, for as solid as he was all the time, we can't have those gaffes at the back. They, they cost us dearly and, and probably cost us first place. I mean, I think there was lots of things that could have. I'm not going to put it on him, but those were those were points dropped when we should we were at one point out of first place when the season ended. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I'm going to say I'm going to be the optimist, which is not normal for me. I'm a Seattle sports fan who's older than you, so I grew up when the Mariners were bad, the Seahawks were bad. The, Homie, we've uh, all grown up when the Mariners are bad. <laughs> <laughs> like. No, you don't understand. I, you don't I, understand. I get it. I get it. I, I get it. But as a first example, don't go with the Mariners. <laughs> bad. Pre ninety. I mean, come on. They didn't even go get to five hundred until nineteen. No one's listening. Pre ninety five. I was. No, right was. now. Oh. We might be got like three Frank McDonalds. Maybe like yeah, they were bad. <laughs> no, I mean there was a bunch of people my age who were listening and no, used to sit enough. on their living room and listen on the radio. And we didn't have the Sounders, but we did mm-hmm. have the Tacoma Stars. And we would go down and watch uh, Precky and Brian Schmetzer play for them. There you go. Okay, so we got. Yeah, I'm going through nothing. I'm. A, I think uh, maybe it's the intro music that got me so hyped up coming into this episode. But I'm going two nothing Sounders. Yeah, I. Uh... I'm going to root for your score and I still think mine's more realistic, but I'm definitely rooting for yours. Hell, let's go. Let's go. Who through. scores first? Who scores first? Who scores first? Uh, it's Rui Diaz in 10 minutes. So that, that's, that happens. We're, we're going to have, I think we, we, we've just got a system and obviously the, what I think our offense needs to run through is getting him the ball and him scoring. And he can score from, a radius of 20 yards in any direction of the goal, right? He's got that Obafemi foot. So I, I really think that's going to be what we try to do and kind of a scripted, if you will, like the first 15 plays of a football team's offense, right? That's going to be what we're focusing to try to do is feed him the ball in the most advantageous positions and having no experience defending us at all and anyone, let alone Mutagua. I, I feel like he's going to have an opportunity in the first 10 or 15 minutes. And I think he gets it in. Yeah. He, he's, if, if he gets it on target three times, it's in twice, right? Otherwise he's really gaffing. So I, that's, I think probably a stronger prediction. They actual score for me when, now that I think about it is that if we're going to score, it'll be him in the first 15 minutes. You know, the one thing that I think we could see, assuming he's healthy and ready to go, is a late goal from the one and only Will Bruin. Will Bruin. Sub on, get that goal. Okay, I'm a, I'm for it because I love Will. Dancing Bear. Yeah, get a little 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 dancing bear in at the end of the game. So either way, let's get that win, right? Let's get it. And um, then we play at home. So we play on Thursday at, in Tegucigalpa. And then the following Thursday is our leg two match. Ag- aggregate, right? Let's confirm that, right? Yeah, That's aggregate. what home and away means. And we're Unlike the MLS playoffs of this latter year, there is an aggregate system for CONCACAF still, yep. as far as I know. So, hence leg two. So, uh, two nil would be absolutely fantastic. Uh, That's why we're rooting for your score line. Yep. Two one almost feels like a draw. Right. If you're coming home, give up a goal. 
pretty dangerous territory you're swimming in. So, um, great. I, I, I'm feeling confident. We're both giving them wins in Tegelsegalpa. We don't know much about the team other than they basically, we think, uh, just started their season. So they've got a little bit more engines revved than we do, but um, we're better on paper, as you said. So, yeah, hell yeah. Let's do it. And, and of course, we will be back next Sunday recording again where we talk about leg two and our uh, season opener, right? Yeah, we're trying to do a dual episode there, um, which should be pretty exciting because we will also know who, if we advance past CONCACAF Champions League, we will know who likely our next opponent is and we'll be playing Nashville. So maybe we'll try to be, either ha- get creative and put a dual episode out. Or we'll try to all fit in three subject matters all surrounding the seat sounders in one freaking episode. I think we can do it. We just got to, we got to hit the ground running and talk about the sounders. Right on, man. Well, uh, unless you have anything special to say, I think we bring it into port, my friend. I think we should bring it into port. All right. Well, um, hope everyone's enjoyed the show. My name is Aaron Lingley, and that is also my Twitter handle, A-A-R-O-N-L-A-N-G-L-E-Y. And I'm Cameron Collins, at Legal Minded Punk Owen Word. All right, take us out, James. You can follow the Sounders Scuttlebutt podcast on Twitter at SSFC Scuttlebutt. And for all inquiries, including questions for the gents or sponsorship opportunities, please email contact at scuttlebuttproductions.com. Be sure to subscribe to the show for new episodes following every Sounders FC match. And don't forget to share your feedback by rating and reviewing. And you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at BritVoxus. That's BritVoxUS. We'll see you at Lumen and go Sounders. Alexa, who's the best MLS team of all time? You're there. I'm alone in the room and he will come back, but I'll keep singing because it's a lot of fun to sing by yourself. Like you're in an elevator, no one's around. It's just a question of time. <laughs>